Welcome to Yes Mother. It's uh, Em and Sue. We're doing some what you what we've been watching again. And uh, welcome back. Yes, welcome back. I mixed it up. I didn't think it was needful for me to talk about Bates Motel or whatever we do. <laughs> like the podcast we used to do right. about Bates Motel. <laughs> Never changed the name. I think it's still a good name. It's fine. It's fine. Yep. So, so yeah, we're back. We've been watching a few things and thought we would do a little recording. I'm trying to keep this up. It's yeah. fun. It is fun. So, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> It's a morning podcast. <laughs> it is, and got two kids in online school. So yep. we finished that up for the day, and now I'm doing this. I uh, <laughs> Here's something that's never happened to me before. I got my zipper broke in my pants. And I, like, tried to cut out of them, and I couldn't figure it out, so I had to just, like, break it. <laughs> How's your day going? <laughs> <laughs> that just happened today. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I like literally was stuck in my pants. <laughs> it was an old pair of jeans, <laughs> and they're too tight to like slip off. <laughs> I got stuck in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. <laughs> um. Um, well, I am getting ready to spend the day with my father-in-law canning tomato soup. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. I really am. (laughs) I'm looking forward to how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So I'm just, yeah, after we finish recording, I gotta, yeah. Go out and pick a few more tomatoes and get canning. So, tis the season. It sure is. Yep. We've had a hot, dry summer, so the tomatoes are loving it. Yeah, Utah's a hot desert wasteland this year. Oh. <laughs> it's great for tomatoes. <laughs> yep. Yep. We'll probably still be getting tomatoes in October the way this is going. Hmm. So. Today, our high is 97, and it's August 27th. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. It's so. uh, 83 degrees right now and 62% humidity. Not too bad. That's not too bad. We're probably like 9%. <laughs> I can see. I still have it up in my weather app. You still check on Utah weather? Just once in a while. I keep tabs on a lot of things. Cat <laughs> <laughs> and I both have our each other cities. <laughs> That's awesome. You're twelve percent. Oh, twelve. Ooh. <laughs> Balmy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <sighs> So, cool. Shall we get into it? Sure. Let's do it. I've got some 
cannon to do. Sure do. With your father-in-law. With my father-in-law, yes. It'll be fun. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to read feedback. We got a we got a very nice email from Dante. Um, Dante, I don't know if you've written it before. We don't remember, so we're guessing no, because we're pretty good at this. Yeah, <laughs> and... The, the name Dante would have stuck out to me because that's the one of the main characters in Clerks. Ugh. And I think I would have remembered that. But if you have before, Dante, we're so sorry. But it's been like two years. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and a lot's happened. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very nice. Um, he mentioned, well, he noticed that we are probably fans of horror and creepy things. Bingo. Good observation. <laughs> um, he was wondering if we would consider doing a watch of Stranger Things. And I would be open to that. I would want a newbie because I've seen it more than once. Cause I I've like seen it. each season once. And I do like it. I would be up for that. But I agree. Do we... Do we have a newbie? Do we know a newbie? Has Brownwin? Brownwin wouldn't watch it. Give her I no. Listen. Uh, they Matt and B came to my house while Stranger Things. Like I had, I was four in, and I'm like, Matt, you need to see this show. And mm -hmm. so I started it over with them, and she loved it. She was in. That's like all oh, we really? did while they visited. <laughs> oh, has Cat watched it? I have I to she assume has. she has. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it would only be good with a newbie. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll look into that. Yep. We'll see if anyone we know or yeah, if anyone's interested. Some, someone, yeah, yes, maybe even a listener. Who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah and Cat, you got a shout out in Dante's email. So maybe if Kat hasn't seen Stranger Things, that'd be a good one. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. Yep. So he wants more, more from Sister Cat. <laughs> he said big <laughs> sister Cat, and she is my big sister, but not Sue's. Yep. I'm, well, Mama Bird is the big sister. Right. The oldest, but I'm, <laughs> I'm the second oldest and then Kat and then M. So. All right. Well, thanks, Dante. Thank you. That was a very nice email. Oh, and after Dante, we totally got an email from, like, the Mad Men. I don't know if they listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but they sent us an email that they're selling um, props and set decorations. And oh, I yeah. went through it, and they totally have, like, Joan jewelry and it's, like, not that bad. It's, like, $65 by now. Oh. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I would totally rock Jones jewelry so hard. <laughs> I was tempted. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I'll watch Mad Men and know who Joan is. <laughs> <laughs> She's uh, Christina Hendricks, if you know who that is. I do. 
She's great. Anyway, you're doing Harold, right? Yeah, I'll read Harold. Okay. Harold wrote in and he says, hi, Sue and M. I'm still not watching much episodic TV, although I did start watching High Fidelity. I love the record shop and the Brooklyn vibe. I am disappointed that it won't be renewed. Oh, no. I know. This is news to me. (sighs) Boo. I'm not mad at you, Harold. I'm just mad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) My episode, my favorite episode so far was the one where she went to Manhattan to look at Parker Posey's husband's record collection. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was great. I love how much she loves records that, like, the record, the David Bowie record she had always wanted, mm-hmm. he had, but she was like, so, she loves she records so-, so much she couldn't take it from this guy. <laughs> well, it Parker Posey is like selling her ex-husband's like incredible record collection where this one David Bowie is worth a few thousand dollars and she's willing to sell it for like 20 bucks the entire collection for 20 bucks <laughs> that's right the entire collection for 20 bucks is like <laughs> and she's got such respect for records that she can't do it yeah that's a that's a bummer that that's not going to be renewed because i thought it was pretty good too sorry <laughs> Um, he says, I am jealous of you guys with an HBO Max subscription because you get to watch season three of Search Party. The first season remains one of my favorite seasons of TV. Let me know whether you liked it and also whether HBO Max is worth the $15 a month. Jenny mentioned getting it because there are some shows on there she is interested in, but I am on the fence because we already have so many services. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, to me... I couldn't be more thrilled that Kat got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they they really have so many classic movies. I know you have the Criterion Collection, so that may not be as great to you. Mm-hmm. But it's great to me. It's got like most of the AFI 100 movies. And I think the original programming, I mean, it's HBO. It's pretty good. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, I haven't watched much of the HBO Max, just one show that I'll be talking about later. Um, I forgot that Search Party, I didn't, I guess I didn't know it was HBO because I did watch season one a long time ago and loved it. That's the one with the girl from Arrested Development, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember loving it. Sweet. I'm going to, thanks, Harold, for letting me know that's on HBO Max. Yeah, I know. Maybe it is. It's it's a great service. So maybe it's worth going through your other services and being like, hmm, is there one we can do without instead? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, he says one show we did watch was Unorthodox on Netflix. It is about a young, recently married Jewish woman who is part of an ultra-orthodox Hasidic set sect in New York who flees to Berlin where she slowly integrates into a community of similarly aged music students. It's only four episodes. I have a mixed review. The part set in the Hasidic community was compelling, but everything set in Berlin had a patina of TV faking fakeness to it. The lead actress has received some acclaim for this role, but I was not as convinced 
by how she portrayed her character's culture shock, let alone why, after growing up in Brooklyn, she speaks with an Israeli accent. <laughs> I give this one two out of four. That's always been on, I mean, since it came out, that's been on my interest list. But I Yeah, don't know. it keeps coming up, and I've been on the fence, but I don't know, four episodes, I could give that a whirl. Yeah. Yeah. So... But I don't know, two out of four isn't a great recommendation. <laughs> no. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah, I kind of, for a while, I thought it was actually like a documentary. And I was more interested in that. It was actually when That's I found out I it was so. fiction that I was like, eh, I'll watch that some other time. Yeah, this is the first I knew it was fiction. I, I actually thought it was a documentary. So hmm. we'll see. Um, as for podcasts I'm sure that Emily has heard this one but for everyone else I highly recommend the series that Karina Longworth did on You Must Remember This about Polly Platt Platt was married to Peter Bogdanovich and worked closely with him when he made good movies he dumped her for Sybil Shepherd. ew mm. she's vile and his <laughs> 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 uh, and his career was never the same but she can continue to be a key behind the scenes player for several great movies even as others got the limelight it was really well done and enhanced by her access to Platt's memoirs oh yeah totally I was all over this I watch I mean I listen to every episode if you must remember this but the particularly great thing about this series was that um Wondry or someone just did a big interview series with Peter Bogdanovich who like talked about it from his point of view. And then we get Christina Longworth talking for Polly Platt cause she has passed away. Uh-huh. And it's really funny. I don't know which one at this point would be better to listen to first his viewpoint or hers. Interesting. Because she basically his, his all of his successful movies was when they were married and were a team, a creative team. The second he ran off with Sybil, he never had another successful movie. And yeah, because he was married to a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> well, they well, it's kind of eh, because she was very young. I mean, mm. it was while they were filming the last picture show. They fell in love, and she was like a teenager. Um, yeah. Got so it's, it's, it's kind of gross. And then he had her star in all the movies, and, you know. But it's it's really funny to have gone through all of that and heard his point of view and kind of have it presented to him and his, like, oh, no, it was not Polly <laughs> that was, like, the key to my success. But, yes, it was. It's funny. <laughs> it might be more fun to listen to the Polly Platt one first and then hear Peter's point yeah. of view. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good time. Nice little rivaling podcasts. And Polly oh, Platt yeah. was definitely uh, good at what she did. I'll have to give it a shot. Um, yep, totally recommend both. Oh, and for Yes, mother listeners. Uh, 
at the end of the series with the plot thickens. That's what the podcast is called for the Peter Bogdanovich interviews. Um, they play some interviews that Peter Bogdanovich did with other great directors. And one of them's Alfred Hitchcock, and it's a very, very good interview. I was, I really oh. liked it. He also does uh, John Ford and someone else. Oh, I'll have to give it a shot. Right. What was it yeah. called again? What's the? The plot thickens. The plot thickens. All right. Okay. Um, Harold ends it with another well-made podcast with a similar theme about talented women not being taken seriously. Was the series that Slate's Amicus podcast did about the other women in Ruth Bader Ginsburg's Harvard class. Her son, James, was my college roommate. Whoa. So I am well-versed in all the RBG lore, but this one had stories that were new to me, like the woman whose husband made her drop out of law review because it took up too much of her time. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that story from Harold, which is so cool. That um, is so cool. So there's a podcast about it. I swear, was there like a recent documentary or is this what I'm thinking of? I remember something that's like the women, like those fellow students of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but I totally thought it was a documentary, but maybe I'm remembering it wrong and it was a podcast. But, that yeah. might be what you're thinking of. Could be. So. But yeah, thanks for that. I'm going to totally listen to that. Yeah. Thanks, Harold. Thanks, Harold. All right. I'm going to go on to Kat. Her email is called, What Kat's Been Watching Besides CNN Almost Constantly Since the Impeachment Hearings. <laughs> oh, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> Which I can attest to. I've gone to see her twice, and CNN is on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so she says, here we go again. So happy to be sending in feedback on another beautiful day in Charleston, South Carolina. I haven't seen the sun in several days due to storminess, but I love it, and I'm truly grateful here with all the rain and greenery and the clean coastal air. My heart goes out to all in Utah and the West in general, and specifically California, with the terror and the smokiness of the wildfires. Yeah. Yep. I heard we got some majorly singed redwoods, and I about died inside a little bit. Yep. We've got the smoke in our air from their fires. It's bad. Crazy. Yep. Boo. Yep. All right, let's get into it. That's Cat, not me, but also me. Um, I saw that Netflix had put out new episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, Redundancy, Sick. <laughs> a, sh- <laughs> a show I loved in my childhood, and so of course I had to watch all of this, and it was lots of fun. I particularly enjoyed the very first episode and the UFO episode. These two episodes were especially compelling in my opinion, but they were all good. And all the stories that were presented certainly satisfied the definition of mystery, and they equally deserved the adjective unsolved. So, did they deserve both, or was it still redundant? <laughs> 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 it's like Kat's writing a an English paper <laughs> on a book she needs to fill out more words. 
<laughs> it just feels like one of those answers. <laughs> yep. You're like, on. I'm going to get more points if I put more words in. <laughs> Needs to be 700 words. It was very, very, very dark. <laughs> There's three. <laughs> three. And unsolvy and mysterious. <laughs> But she goes on. <laughs> Which also satisfies the definition of mystery. So in case there's any ambiguity out there, I am telling you the show is about the unsolved type of mystery, not those already solved mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cat. Uh, thanks, cat. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I actually had heard that had happened, and I also probably watched Unsolved Mysteries side by side with you many times. Same. One of my favorite shows in the 80s. Yeah. Was that William Shatner? No, it was Robert Stack. Oh, what did William Shatner? Oh, was he? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the same guy. They kind of look alike, I guess. Yeah. Robert Stack is the one in um, the movie Airplane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did, Who, like, did Shatner? I think anything? Shatner had some sort of mystery show. Huh. Leonard Nimoy had In Search Of when we were kids. Yeah, I never, I don't remember that. But I think Shatner had some sort of mystery. Maybe he guest hosted, but Robert Stack was the original and then the dude from Law and Order took over. Huh. Can't remember his name, but yeah, I have seen a couple of the new Unsolved Mysteries, and that first one is nuts. Well, I bet Scout would like that. It is really compelling, and yeah, I haven't seen the UFO one yet, but yeah, that first one, if it's yeah, it's it's very strange. Yeah, I'm excited. It's very unsolvy and very mystery. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> okay. I also binged quite handily the second season of Dirty John on USA. This is a show that each season showcases a story about a woman caught up in a relationship with a man that is a total nightmare. Both seasons have been really good, and I understand that this latest one was based on a true story. I don't remember knowing that for the first season. Yeah, well, it, it was. Is, was yes. <laughs> but I bet it was because I believe this TV series is based on a podcast, so they probably are true stories. But only the story of the second season was familiar to me. It's the Betty Broderick story, if anyone remembers mm. that. Mm-hmm. I do. From San Diego, I think, right? It's a very familiar name. I don't. I can't pull it out of a hat, though. My hat. Christian Slater plays the man who is the nightmare to women in the second season. Ooh, Christian Slater. I haven't seen him for a while. I know. Uh, he was great, and I was so impressed with the guy who played the much younger version of him, too. It's always a pleasure to see when they can get an actor to play a younger version of an actor within a show, and they nail it. Highly recommend the Dirty John series. Yeah, I listened to the podcast, and that is a crazy story. The first season one? Yeah, I haven't seen the show. Yeah. 
But is it, wait, is it, um, Rob Doppelganger? What's his name? Yeah. Eric Bana plays Dirty John. Yeah. I saw the first season. Um, it's, it's, it's good. And the story is, oh, it's so frustrating. (laughs) So frustrating. And yeah. And I got to say in Connie Britton plays um, Debbie. I think that's her name in season one. And she's great Hmm. as always. I think Connie Britton's good, but uh, the two daughters are so great. They are so like California girls. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Just the way they talk and act and, Oh, I just love the daughters and I listened to the podcast after I watched the show and the daughters are in the podcast or at least one of them, the one, the older daughter. Mm -hmm. And it's like, they nailed her. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. Yeah. I I recommend Dirty John. I don't know if I want to watch Rob be creepy. (laughs) Oh Yeah. Yeah. Be like looking at him side-eyed in bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think after, what, 18 years of marriage or whatever it is now? <laughs> Pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <clears throat> Pretty sure you're fine. Yeah. I think he would have shown that side of him by now. Well, I don't know. It's happened before. In our family. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they had done a second season. I guess I'll have to wait till it hits Netflix. I think that's where I watched season one. Mm. So, anywho. I wonder how Kat yeah. watched it. How'd you watch it, Kat? She said on USA. So she must have watched it like in real time. Oh, doesn't seem like Kat. <laughs> it cut into your, your CNN time. <laughs> <laughs> I finished The Good Fight on CBS All Access. I was very sad when it abruptly ended, but then got word from Matt A that they will be doing more episodes. I love the show. Not just because of the overtly anti-Trump themes and jokes and plot lines. Make no mistake, I love that about the show. But it was so much more than that. It's centered around a largely African-American-run law firm, and they are defense attorneys. There are constantly those ethical dilemmas being presented either in the characters' personal lives or just by the nature of the cases they are hired to represent, and the law, and morality. So it's the kind of show that makes you look inward and kind of assess your code of ethics. I just love the kind of show that challenges you while you watch it like that. And the characters. Holy cow, there are some great characters in this show. Of note, there are more villainous characters. This show excelled in the villains you love to hate trope. So much fun, and I will subscribe to PBS All Access just for this when it comes back. Keep me posted, Maddie. Yeah. I haven't watched it. I don't have CBS All Access, and I'm interested in it because I did like The Good Wife. Well, I canceled it, but you have until September 3rd if you want to use mine. I probably won't get to it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a lot of time. (laughs) Nope. Nope. But yeah, I've heard all good things. I'll just wait for it to 
eventually hit Netflix or Hulu or something. I don't know. Okay, so then she says, all right, we've come to this one, The Great. I'm sorry, but I will have to be a dissenting voice on this one. I stopped watching it at some point during the seventh episode and will not be finishing it. No, I wasn't triggered like M was during the puke one. <laughs> I made it through another, I think, episode and a half after that. I quit because I simply thought it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the fanning girl. She was as darling as can be. No offense to Nicholas Holt. Even the premise was good. I'm all about a period piece about bringing enlightenment to Russia. This had all the promising ingredients, but I just don't think it was funny. And you know how a supposedly funny show that you don't think is funny can get insufferable? That happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot and will not laugh at Nicholas Holt saying fuck off 1,000 times per episode if that is what they are offering. It was kind of funny the first time, granted. But, like, is that the kind of stuff we're relying on to make it funny? I'm sorry. But I need more than that. I need more than a buffoon of a character playing a powerful political figure displaying less than becoming qualities that are below the office he holds. I see this every day on the news. <laughs> I live in the United States of America in 2020 for the love. It just fell flat for me. I totally get that. And I agree. I haven't given it a shot yet. So He is funny and he is a buffoon. I am interested knowing the actual history of Catherine the Great and her husband and the overthrow and all of that and I'd like to see it played out but I agree they just have made and Nicholas Holt is great I mean he plays the perfect absolute insufferable um, spoiled king Mm-hmm. That has been allowed to do everything he wants all the time. But, yeah, it is a little redundant that way. But the story behind it is interesting. And so I do want to finish it. I just, like I I did get triggered that one day, but I'm fine now. And I'm just watching other things. I'm not super compelled to hurry back to it. Gotcha. Maybe it's one of those you'll just be in the mood and finish it. Yeah. Maybe after I hear how it all ended and if it was like super good. Like I said, just the history behind it, I think it'd be fun to watch it play out. But Right. I don't know. I'm feeling you, cat. <laughs> okay. So she says, so I turned off the grate partway through the seventh episode and started, I wonder what made her just, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and started the second season of the Umbrella Academy. And I was immediately glad I did. This is a show that is just fun as hell. I like all the kids, but Klaus delights me to no end. Oh my gosh, Klaus is great. And in this season, they travel back in time to the early 60s, picking up civil rights themes, and it's a romp. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, Umbrella Academy is what I'm going to talk about because Scout saw the first season. and It's on my list too. She bugged me like forever to watch it and I finally did. So I'll talk about that later. But I'm with you. Uh, 
Both HBO series I had started last time have ended now. I'm talking about I'll Be Gone in the Dark and Perry Mason. Both brilliant. I love them both so much. It took me a minute to get into Perry Mason, but at some point early on it got me, and it got me good hotel. (laughs) 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 By the time Perry's role shifted from private investigator to attorney, oops, to attorney, I shifted from casual to fully invested viewer. I'll probably rewatch this one in the near future. Yeah, it was kind of his... I don't know. I never watched the show. But is that the show you watched? Not Perry Mason. I saw oh. the first episode. Oh, okay. And liked it. Um, I mean to watch it. It just seems like one that kind of takes your concentration more. <sighs> yeah, probably. Yeah. But it was kind of his origin story. Because I was wondering. I'm like, isn't he like a an attorney? Right, but it, right. he's a private investigator, so... It was kind of his origin story. It was fun. It was good. Yeah, I agree. It was really good. And uh, I'll Be Gone in the Dark is coming soon for me. Just finishing up some things. Nice. Um, okay. I'm a few episodes into the third season of Dark on Netflix. Very strange how it dropped just maybe six months after season two. I think we waited at least a year and a half for season two. In the feedback I sent in May, I called Dark a must-see. Oh, I'm going to answer that, which it's it's German or something, and I'm thinking mm-hmm. it took them a while to get the rights maybe to season two, and then season three had already happened, and it was easier once they had season two, maybe. I'm guessing it's a lot of bureaucratic nonsense. <laughs> Probably. Uh Okay, so she said in the feedback I sent in May, I called Dark a must-see. I'm going to backpedal a bit on that. To qualify as a must-see, I think a show should do more for you than Dark does. I don't know if Dark offers the viewer any life-altering epiphanies or new perspectives that I can apply to my life or anything like that. At least it hasn't done that for me yet. It does offer the viewer the opportunity to view existence through a new lens, so it sets the stage for learning something or to understand humanity better, usually through the character's actions, like good literature and TV do. But I'm not getting anything from the characters as of yet, but I am enjoying the ride. The show is a trip. It's been time traveling the whole way through, and now this third season has introduced an alternate universe to the mix. So it's complicated and German, and it's... One you really have to work hard to understand. And it's and if its goal is just to, like I said, offer me the opportunity to view existence through this strange lens where time travel is possible and traveling between alternate universes is possible, then fine, I'll take it. And I'll enjoy it because it's super interesting. I mean, I have no personal experience or knowledge that makes me think that it's possible to travel through time any other way than the rate of 60 minutes per hour like we do. My girlfriend's little brother isn't also my dad, so that means my girlfriend is also my aunt. I cannot relate to any of this, but figuring all this out and watching it unfold has been super fun. And watching the characters putting all this together are just as what the bip as I am. So I'm not sure what the end game is with the show, but you know, like when you study philosophy, you read a lot of disparate things and you pick up and apply to your life what makes sense to you and you leave the rest and hopefully you enjoy the process and the opportunity to contemplate a new way of thinking that may or may not be permanent (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) yeah i just i look at dark in my 
in my Netflix list, and I'm always like, <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> Another day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard good things about it, but yep. Yeah, I don't know. It sounds I and I did. I watched the first two episodes, and it it is very complicated. It's like you'd want to take heard. a class on it while you Oof. watch it or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> there may come a day. Yeah. All right. And then her email looks like she hit sent on purpose. I mean, on accident. Okay. So she then says that she watched The Alienist on TNT, which is a great series. It's set in late 19th century New York. The crime-solving team is... Com- Comprised of the title character. I guess they used to call psychologists alienists. The first female to work for the police in this season, she has left the police and now owns a detective agency. A reporter and a small crew of investigators. That's super good. Yeah, I really want to watch this. Same. I've heard nothing but good about this. Yeah, so that's on my short list. And finally, a new show has started on HBO that I'm watching and very much enjoying called Lovecraft Country. It's set in the 1950s and has elements of fantasy, full-on Jim Crow racism, and fantasy. Hmm, interesting. I have full confidence with that Matt A. will give it a stand-up review. He's read the book, so knows much more than I would at just two episodes aired and watched. But I'm in for sure. Hey, Matt, do you recognize Dora? Her face and voice were so familiar to me, it took me a few minutes of hardcore memory searching, and then I had to look her up. She was unjustified. Just wondering if you had the same reaction. Okay, I'm done. Bye. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch Lovecraft Country. So I'll just give my quick little review on it right now, because I finished the second episode, which is the only one's out so far. The okay. first one was so good, and I was so in. It had a very good mix of, yes, Jim Crow racism, and little Lovecraft creatures. Mm-hmm. And then the second episode lost me a little bit. I I don't know. I think it got a little too sci-fi for me. Ah. Where I'm like, uh, this isn't really my thing. You know me. I need. Right. I need a good balance. <laughs> yep. And this balance was off for me. But I'm totally going to keep going. But I vibes I did not get once in the first episode. I started getting the second episode where I'm kind of like, I don't know if this is for me. Anyway, but that is totally personal and my taste. I mean, I would never leave. I would never read Lovecraft in a million years. Yeah, I probably wouldn't read it. But um, Booker has read all his stuff and talks about him. And Mm -hmm. so I'm. I want to watch the show. Okay. So our last feedback is from Matt A. This is August, what I've been watching. And he says, previously I mentioned that I'm watching an Australia series through Acorn TV called The Heart Doctor. But I wanted to officially correct the record and state that the show is actually called The Heart Guy. (laughs) It makes it worse. (laughs) 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 its aussie title is doctor doctor but in the u.s it's the heart guy it just happens to be about a doctor dreadful titles all around but regardless this is a really cute show 
I watched the four seasons available on Acorn, and I enjoyed every second. It's nice to take a break from stressful high-stakes dramas and just settle into a nice, pleasant hour with some charming TV characters and their somewhat humdrum relationship slash career problems. So if your sister ever gets her act together and signs up for Acorn, <laughs> I strongly suggest you check this one out. <laughs> so your little uh, yeah. take, yeah, no, that's uh, AIM. It's Mama Bird that's oh supposed to get Acorn. <laughs> that's right. She's not pulling her weight. <laughs> Granted, she's not also participating in our little chain of <laughs> show sharing. <laughs> Our little chain of <laughs> streaming streaming services username. all in the family. <laughs> I can't even keep track of who's paying for what. I, I I have all I've got a little note on my iPhone under my notes uh-huh. where I have all of the <laughs> logins and passwords and I'm like, I should just screenshot this and <laughs> send it to Sue. <laughs> I actually would really appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Because I'm sure there's one or two I just forget I even have access to if I wanted. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Yep. Um, okay. I finished Anne with two ends. <laughs> Great show overall, but spoilers, the finale frustrated me. For the entire time, I was in disbelief. Are they really focusing on Anne and Gilbert when... Kakwet? Yeah. Is that? Okay. Kakwet is being held hostage at that Indian school, in quotes. Knowing that the girl and her parents were going through hell was totally at odds with the teen romance stuff. I don't even think Kakwet was mentioned in the finale. If the writers didn't have space in the season to wrap up the storyline properly, they ought to have left Kakwet and her people. Kakwet? With her people after she had escaped. It was enough that she was tortured, endured an arduous journey, and now has PTSD. To drag her away at gunpoint, show her chained up, screaming for her parents, and then just kind of leave it there was cruel. In all caps. But are Anne and Gilbert going to kiss? Who fucking cares? I'm going to stop you right there, Matt. I can tell you that every woman anywhere close to my age is the one who cares. Because <laughs> that is like what the entire others were about. We watched like eight hours for one kiss of oh, Anne and Gilbert. Um, and Coquette was a made up. That's not in the book at all. So... There's plenty of people that cared. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. <laughs> Truly, i very, very upset by this lack of follow-through on behalf of the writers, and it soured me on the otherwise wholesome fun in this very last episode. Boo, hiss, and with two ends, you blew it. You owe me a four-season, damn it. Yes, they owe us all a four-season. And they should have done more. I forgot even how they left Cuckwit, but I guess I'll trust Matt that it was very bad. Sounds like it. Sounds like you shushed it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Anne and Gilbert kissed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man. <laughs> um, yes. Oh, I would have loved. I would love. I don't think they expected not to have a four season, but that's how Netflix goes, and they're the worst. Yep. Boo. Yep, I agree. Um, he says. Okay, so I've stalled on the great. <laughs> the L Fanning is Catherine the Great series on Hulu. <laughs> the show was created by Tony McNamara, based on his play, who also co-wrote the movie The Favorite. Now I love The Favorite. It was hilariously twisted, a spicy jalapeno of a movie. <laughs> But Rachel Weiss, Emma Stone, and Olivia Coleman in some period clothes and watch them go at each other like mongooses and cobras. Mongoose? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say oh, yes. Oh, yes. The favorite. I wanted to watch that. I know. No, I, I yeah. never saw that either, but it was so high on my list when it was out. I almost took myself to the theater to watch it by myself. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see it mm-hmm. so bad. And then it comes out and it's streaming and I just haven't bothered <laughs> I know, same, same. <laughs> I love Olivia Coleman. Mm-hmm. Um, the Great has that same debauched energy, but it stretched out over 10 episodes, and I'm like, I can't. It was fun at first, but these people are too ab- abhorrent. When poking eyes out of heads served on dinner plates is like the sixth most awful thing in your episode, <laughs> maybe scale it back a bit. <laughs> the Great? This is me every episode. You're sick. You people are sick. I know Catherine is good people, and eventually she leads a coup against her nitwit husband and rules over a more progressive Russia, but maybe wake me when that happens. Because if I wanted to watch a bunch of obnoxiously privileged people say and do gross things at the expense of the underclass, I'd watch the Republican <laughs> National Convention. Oh, <laughs> you and Kat were all little twinsies. <laughs> I know. It's, that is so funny. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> and he says, let's all jump into the Yes Mother time machine and go back to an email I wrote you <laughs> on August 19th, 2018. <laughs> I can't believe he wrote that that long ago. <laughs> I know. I informed you that I just finished a book called Lovecraft Country and quote, this novel by Matt Ruff is soon to be an HBO series. <laughs> Smash cut to two years later and Lovecraft Country has just aired its second episode. Wow, those two years flew by. What did I do during those two years? Did I live life to the fullest? You can be assured I did not. <laughs> back to Lovecraft Country. <laughs> Oh, that was funny to me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think the showrunner, Misha Green, has interpreted the source material for television perfectly. There are some curious gender swaps of characters and even curiouser alternations to character surnames, but everything else is otherwise intact, including the book's throughout, including the book's unique structure. Each chapter of the book is a mostly self-contained story from the point of view of a different character. And although characters and an underlying mythology are consistent throughout, the the constantly shifting plots, perspectives, and tones make the book feel like a season of 90s TV, which unironically is the highest compliment I can think of for anything, really. (laughs) (laughs) We're so used to today's 
heavily serialized nature where all episodes run together, but I miss the standalones, the monsters of the week. Anyway, the thesis of Lovecraft Country is to put supernatural horrors side by side with the horrors of the Jim Crow era. Racist sheriffs in sundown towns are as terrifying as the flesh-devouring creatures that live in the woods, etc. Just as Buffy drew parallels between monsters and adolescents, this show does for America's racist past. Hmm. Yep. Oh, sorry. I did take a drink of coffee. <laughs> uh, at this point, you can mention that I'm covering episodes of Lovecraft Lovecraft Country on my podcast, Hooplecast, and to find us on Facebook by searching for Hooplecast or by going to Hooplecast.com. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to follow along with that. Yeah, I'm going to have to gonna have to watch it. Yes. Yeah, but, highly recommend the first episode, for sure. Okay. And the first episode was so strong, I'm absolutely going to go on. My, my lackluster review of the second Probably not something I should have on the background while I'm canning with my father-in-law. Is that correct? <laughs> but yeah, probably not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's pivot to feature films for a tick so I can mention Being Frank, which I streamed on demand from Amazon. Despite its weak sitcom-like third act, I laughed a lot during the first hour of this movie. It's about a teenage boy named Philip, played by Logan Miller, who is kept on a very tight leash by his father, Jim Gaffigan. But the power balance in their relationship shifts dramatically when Philip learns his dad has been happily living with a secret second family. Philip, despite being shocked and hurt, nonetheless leverages this information to personal gain and humorous results. I think Logan Miller has a very promising career ahead of him. He's great in the movie. The writer of Being Frank is one of the hosts of the podcast, Gayest Episode Ever. <laughs> the boys on that pod discuss queer episodes of famous sitcoms, and they do a great job with research and commentary. I just listened today to their installment of on the pilot of Golden Girls, and I, I was about to say had a gay old time, <laughs> but that feels too obvious and possibly offensive. <laughs> Enjoy it. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to listen to Gaius Podcast Ever. That sounds amazing. It sounds amazing. Yes. I. Yes, I want to. I want to listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is this running long? I feel like this is running long. But time for one more. I'm really into a program called Harmon Quest created by Dan Harmon, who I mostly know as the showrunner of the NBC series Community. The premise of this one is that Dan Harmon and his friends play a fantasy role-playing game, Think Dungeons and Dragons, in front of a studio audience in Hollywood. Each episode includes a guest turn by an actor-comedian. Some of the more famous guests have included Patton Oswalt, Nathan Fillion, Aubrey Plaza, and Kumal Nanjani. Nanjani. The ingenious thing about Harmon Quest is that when the cast members are talking outside of the game as themselves, we see them sitting at a table on a stage, but anything inside the game in character is animated. And the animation is pretty good, too. There's something inherently funny about seeing animated orcs, goblins, and dragons speak with the contemporary vocabulary, vocabulary and accents of American comedians. 
Plus, role playing itself is a bizarre thing to listen to. <laughs> it's improvisational storytelling, except along the guide rails of the game's rules, character sheets, and throwing of dice, and whatever the dungeon master decides is permissible. The dungeon master of Harmon Quest is a very funny guy named Spencer Crittenden. It's almost impossible to describe what the show is because it's about six things at once, but I will say it's very funny and occasionally crude, and if you're curious, you can hit me up for episodes as it's difficult to find a legit way to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch something that was about people playing games or tell me about it once? Uh-huh. It was um, it was Will Wheaton playing board games with people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it wasn't like this? It was no, I think it was called Tabletop. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's just him playing board games with different actors and comedians and stuff. And it was kind of fun to watch. Hmm. Um, you see, Harmon Quest originally aired on CISO. Remember CISO? Nope. <laughs> the over-the-top subscription service CISO? <laughs> I don't think I ever heard of it. I remember some podcasts, um, CISO was a a sponsor, hmm. but I never gave it, gave it a shot. Um, well, after CISO went under, Harmon Quest moved to VRV. You ladies know VRV, right? Nope. <laughs> its parent company is Crunchyroll. Okay, you know, I've heard of that. <laughs> I have never heard of, you know, Crunchyroll, right? <laughs> they also own High Dive, Mondo Media, and Rooster Teeth. Previously, they owned Rift Tracks, Jinx, Ma- Machine... Machinima? Machinima. Movie, Tested, and Drama Fever. Yeah, all your favorites. Movie? I'm totally a movie girl, remember? Yeah. We've had yeah. lots of podcasts about where I talk about movie movies. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, movie, I think... Well, Rift Tracks, isn't that where people riff movies... Kind of like a la Mystery Science. No idea. The only two things I had ever heard of was Crunchyroll, and I don't even remember where I've heard of that, and Mubi. (laughs) (laughs) He he ends it with, I write longer emails to you than my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matt, you are family. Yes, we consider you family. (laughs) He considers himself family. So we consider him him family. He yes. likes our family. <laughs> he likes it. Yes, he's allowed. So he's in. He's allowed to be. I don't know some sort of half sibling. He's he's our uh, he's our spare mat when we don't have mat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks everyone. Thanks everybody. Notably missing these last three episodes is Val Pass. Val. Yeah. We she know talks. you've been watching stuff. Oh, we know. She talks a little on the Facebook page. Oh. I'll have to get back on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it so much I right know. now. I really hate it right now. I stopped scrolling for like a month. <laughs> and then I just started again this week, and every day I just mumbled around, why am I on Facebook? Yeah, I just can't. I use it for, like, the messenger to talk to you guys, and that's yeah. about it. Once in a while, I'll post on it, and if I get any, like, whenever I get, like, a pop-up 
that something's been done, I'll look at that. But I can't scroll anymore. I can't do it. Well, I'm going to have to like go into my settings because I get like 30 pop-ups a day and that's kind and it started about a month ago and it's like, I didn't sign up for this, Mm. you know, I don't care that someone responded to like something my friend said, you know, it's. Yeah. You should do it to just like if you're mentioned or someone comments on your page or something. It's like old school Facebook that you got pop-ups for everything and yeah. it's huh. and that's i just have been ignoring them so i'll get back on because i haven't seen anything on yes mother page because <laughs> i get so many pop-ups <laughs> i just ignore them all <laughs> i get it <laughs> <laughs> so anywho what what have you been watching or do you want me to start or what do you want to do yeah i'll start um okay Okay, so last time I got cut off on the recording when I talked about this one show, so I wanted to talk about it again. Um, so this was recommended to me by my like lifelong best friend. It's called uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. And she's like, Alex and I think you'd like this. And I'm going to keep bugging you until you watch it <laughs> in text. <laughs> so I'm That's like, right. okay. <laughs> so I did. So it's two seasons. It's on Hulu. And I I did. I loved it. Um, so Dirk Gently, he is like totally like a, like a manic pixie dream girl or boy. And... Um, Elijah Wood's in it and it's there's like there's a crime mystery and it's um, I don't it's kind of it's a little gonzo it's really fun and it's like okay so you know how Matt said that he like took a break from the you know like his doctor doctor show was like a nice breezy break this that is like I am feeling that so hard right now. Like I I often right now in my watching I need a break from everything. And this is just I've actually since talking about it, I rewatched the whole thing again. And there's a couple episodes that I'll sometimes just go back to if I just feel it's like a self care thing now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it Oh my gosh, my dog wants something. <laughs> It's just totally delighted me. The whole thing totally delights me. And I find it very fun right now. And I totally recommend it. It's like if you need a break from politics and everything, it's just, it's a really fun little watch. Okay. We'll watch. Yeah. So it like it opens up. There's a little time travel involved. Um, some fantasy and it opens up to a crime scene and it's like in this hotel room, in the penthouse of a hotel room and there's like bite marks on the ceiling and someone's been like torn in half and there's like a, a smash piano, almost like a cartoon and <laughs> it's like locked from the inside and there's like a kitten. It's just like... Totally Ew. puzzling, but it's really fun. And Elijah Wood is so great. I love him. And this guy that plays Dirk Gently 
It's a BBC America show, and he's the only, I think he's the only Brit in the show. But it it totally, like I told you before, when it got cut out, um, I've never really watched Doctor Who, but it reminds me of something that's probably kind of Doctor Who-ish. And it is, it's based on some books by Douglas Adams, but I read a little article that it doesn't resemble them very much. Like, if you're a huge fan of the book, it's not going to be... You're not going to recognize too much of this. Okay. But I can okay. totally see the Douglas Adams-ness of it. Gotcha. Anyway, it is a great COVID watch, I think. It's it's very delightful. So I highly recommend that. But yeah, it's too bad. It only got two seasons. And it looked like it would be really fun if it went on. But it's got two nice, fully... Fully done seasons, and so um, I'm going to text Scout, have her get the dog. <laughs> I think she wants to go outside. Okay, and then, like I mentioned, I watched The Umbrella Academy, and I thought the first season was pretty good. It was watchable, but I, it really felt like a great show for a 15-year-old girl like my daughter is who recommended it to me. <laughs> Yeah, that's on my list of season one of The Umbrella Academy. So we might as well just talk about it together. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it was entertaining, and I could see why Scout liked it and all of that. But I was like, eh. But then the second I watched it right, like, when the second season came out, because I knew that I'd get it again. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. Have you watched it yet? What episode are you on? (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I'm just going to do this. But so then I started right into season two and I loved season two. Like I was all in for two. Okay. I haven't watched. I've only watched like half of the first episode of season two. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I thought it was so much better and very entertaining. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Cause I, I enjoyed season one. I, I think the characters are a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I really like Five. <laughs> five is great. Um, and like Cal- like Kat says, Klaus is, he's pretty delightful. Klaus is fun. Um, Ellen Page is good. She's just Ellen Pagey. I, I know. I don't like Ellen Page. Yeah. So she is very Ellen Pagey. Yeah. Um, I thought there was some, some things were a little predictable to me, like, I don't know, should we call spoiler? Sure. Like, I knew, spoiler alert, skip ahead if you don't want to hear this, I knew Ellen Page's character was probably the most powerful out of all of them. Right. From the beginning, just because they were emphasizing how ordinary she was so much that I was like, mm, <laughs> I bet she's the most powerful one. Um, so I thought that was kind of predictable and that the guy that she fell in love with was going to be a bad guy. Right. I kind of, I kind of knew that from the beginning as well. Yep. But, I love. I thought Pogo was fun. I would have liked to see more Pogo. Yeah, 
I'm guessing it was probably just really expensive or something. <laughs> probably. Really not in it too much. <laughs> well, there is kind of a little bit of Pogo in the second season. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, you know, you I think you get what I mean. It was like, it's very good for like a 15-year-old. <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. I'm a little more sophisticated, I guess. Yeah, I I, I really like Cha-Cha and Hazel. Who's that? The in season one, they're the they're the like people from that that are there to kill him. He falls in love with the donut lady. Oh, Mary J. Blige and you're right. Whoever he is, yeah, yeah, Cha Cha. Yeah, I kind of thought their plot line was I don't know. I kind of like them. Yeah. Um, oh, did you recognize him as being? Um, he seemed familiar to me, but I never did place it. Oh, he's he's the guy that played Ed Kemper in Mindhunter. Yeah. No. The second, really? yeah, he doesn't look like him at all. So they really what? got his looks to look like Ed Kemper, but his voice. Next time when you watch it, you'll be like, oh, because his voice is exactly the same. And that's what finally, because I was thrown off because he looked so different. But his voice, I'm like, where have I heard this guy? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I never. Really? Yeah. It'll be very obvious to you the second you hear him again. You'll be like, oh, yeah, duh. That's Ed Kemper's voice. 100% in Mindhunter. <laughs> huh. Okay. I'll have to. Interesting. Okay. Sue's processing. I know. Well, it just seems like in in Mindhunter, he just seems so much taller. Like, he seemed like a giant to me, so. Yeah, I don't know what they did to him physically, but, yeah. Okay. Inter- huh. Now I just want to watch season one all over again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Interesting. But yeah, if you were lukewarm on season one but liked it okay for anyone out there, I would recommend season two. I thought it was a lot better. Okay, I'm excited to watch season two. I I started it yesterday. Yeah, then... like, is Klaus being a cult leader? Has that, like, no? Klaus I mean, starts only... like one of those 60s cults. <laughs> I did notice that his hair was really different. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering because I'm only at the point where um, one of them is at number five, like runs into like meets the guy who's like noticed. It seems like this guy is going to start working with them or something. I I only he got noti- he witnessed everybody's um, right. Yeah, and so like. That guy's had like maybe one minute of screen time and then okay. I turned it off because I was done doing what I was doing and had to go on <laughs> <laughs> and do outside stuff. So, yeah, I'm excited. Cool. So, okay. Okay. And so this is like endlessly funny to me because for my next show I'm going to talk about, um, do you remember how much we laughed at Harold liking um, Terrence House so much that he like, Got a subscription. 
amazing. <laughs> like literally two days after um, the friend that recommended Dirt Gently is, and another friend. So Amy and Emily totally have gotten me into Korean dramas. <laughs> Because they were like, they've been totally into them and like, just through, again, through little texts. I've got texts going with all these people. So a little text with Emily and Amy is, they're like, you got to watch Korean dramas with us. Like, okay, what do I have to do? (laughs) (laughs) And so flash forward to now, I am subscribed to like this Korean (laughs) Netflix. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> so I've watched well I'm almost done with the second one, but I've watched one whole series. Um and seriously, this again, this is like um just what I need right now. Like <laughs> I am watching the AFI stuff and I'm watching some other things, but sometimes just with the dynamics of the world right now. These sure. Korean dramas are so exactly what I need right now. They're like wholesome and it's a different culture that's like polite to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love their aesthetic. Like it's all metal and glass and beautiful food and i love the fashion anyway i am loving the korean dramas they're right i totally need to watch korean dramas with them so i watched this one and it's got like 16 episodes and every episode's like over an hour long <laughs> and you have to like read subtitles yeah i was gonna say so it's subtitled right yeah which means i have i can only watch like one a day when i'm like not doing it. it's like my Korean drama time. <laughs> <laughs> Mamas have a Korean drama time. Because <laughs> I, like I said, I can't have anything else going on. I can't cross stitch. I can't do anything. Right, right. Um, so the first one I watched, this is, okay, so I had to get, I think, what is it called? And it's actually free on the streaming service. You just have to download it. But if you want without commercials, it's four ninety nine a month. Which, after one episode, I'm like, four ninety nine is like less than a sandwich. And there's like <laughs> all these commercials. <laughs> so you have to download Rakuten Vicky. That's the... I can forego my one sandwich a month. <laughs> <I can't>. <laughs> I just totally cracked up at the irony of laughing at Harold and then I'm like... <laughs> Here I go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Go on. Okay. So it's called, it's called Guardian, the Great and Lonely God. (laughs) Which sounds okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it, it looks to me like the Koreans just call it Goblin. Um, and so maybe Guardian, the Great and Lonely God is a, maybe an English thing. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the English translation. <laughs> yeah, I think goblins are like a little more in the Korean lore that I'm unfamiliar with. 
Right. I mean, I know what a goblin is, but they seem to be very different there. Gotcha. Anyway, so this show is about this. He is a goblin, but he's just like a guy, and he it's it's a little it's a little like Angel, kind of. Okay. Okay. He's but he's nine hundred years old. Their culture's older. <laughs> Ooh, well, he's got a few hundred years on Angel. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> But the girl in it is, like, only 19. So it's a little angel buffy. But it's also very wholesome. So there's, like, I don't know. I think there's, like, two kisses in, like, 20 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Anna Green Gables. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) But it's so good. It's got, like, he's, like, roommates. He lives in this really cool house. And he's like roommates with a Grim Reaper. Mm-hmm. And so basically he was cursed to be immortal. And he can only be freed by someone, this mythic thing called the Goblin Bride. And anyway, so he meets her basically. And... If she could, she's the only one that could pull the sword out of his chest, which you don't see, but it's like apparently there. Once in a while, it'll show it. And I don't know, it's just really good. It's got, it's, it has like reincarnation. So there's like people going, so in their, like, in their religion or whatever, you have four lives and each life is meant for something else. So there's like people living like they're another life where they've met someone. So it's just fun. I don't know. I I just loved it. It's okay. it's a little over dramatic once in a while, but you know, it's not like it's not like Mexican um soap opera like that. <laughs> okay, gotcha. It's more it's very good acting and they're well written and they're pretty well produced. But there are little cultural differences in like uh I don't know. Once in a while, they'll do something I think is a little heavy, is all I'll say. Okay. But if anyone's interested in that, I totally recommend that. And so I watched that whole thing. And then now I'm watching, I'm watching one that's actually on Netflix. And it's called Crash Landing Into You. And this one's cool. Um, It's not quite as good, but it's actually getting pretty good. It's getting a lot better than I thought it'd be after the first couple episodes. This one, so this is this uh, this girl that's like comes from a very rich family, and she she's like CEO of like a f- whole fashion industry. She's like one like super powerful, you know, and mm-hmm. rich and whatever. And one day she's trying trying out like a new line of extreme sportswear, and she takes. <laughs> She takes it hang gliding and she gets caught up in a tornado, which takes her to uh, North Korea. And so she's like stuck there. Oh, interesting. Apparently one of the riders is a deflector from North Korea. So he has the ends. So yeah, most of it takes place in North Korea and it's supposed to be pretty, pretty spot on. And you know she's she's trying to what get back to South Korea. It's called Crash Landing Into You. 
And that one's on Netflix? Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. That, but that sounds really good. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, that's that's that one. Um, I don't know what I'm watching next. Actually, I've got like five more episodes. So I've got a little while. I've got a good week. <laughs> um, I don't know what's up next for me. Amy and Emily will tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Emily Peterson? Yeah. Okay. Well, she mar- she's married to a Korean She's married guy. to a Korean, yeah. So her kids are half Korean, and I'm sure it originated with her watching them. Right. And got Amy into it, and then now me. <laughs> Thanks, Ernie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I also watched... I watched a funny little movie... Um, on Amy's husbands. I've been talking to a lot of old friends. <laughs> <laughs> Amy's husband told me to watch The Death of Stalin. Okay. Um, this kind of, it's it's a comedy. And it's kind of a historical fiction. It's It's basically the events that surrounded Stalin's death. And what happened with like the power struggles. With his, like, inner circle. You know, when you have a dictator like that, that controls everything, and everyone's, like, stepping on top of each other to impress him, Mm -hmm. and they all, none of them have any scruples, and then all of a sudden, so Stalin just, like, dies. (laughs) Like, out of the blue, dies. And so, there wasn't really a good way, there wasn't a succession plan. Gotcha. But like Jeffrey Tambor is in it. Um, anyway, it was pretty funny. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I'm sure it's not super accurate, but it's basically the basic events are all true. Where did you watch this? That's Netflix also. Netflix. Anyway, it's kind of funny if you're in the mood for something like that. More Russian history, but... Not quite as, I right. don't know, it's different. <laughs> Not quite the great? Not quite the great. <laughs> no, it's an absolute, totally something Alex would recommend to me. I don't know, dictators and stuff, that's that's all Alex. <laughs> but I enjoyed that. Um, I started watching, is it called Bailey and Scott or Scott and Bailey? Bailey and Scott. Yeah, I'm like yeah. five episodes into that. I'm enjoying that. It's fun, right? It's fun, and it's nice to have just, I kind of like, I haven't watched one of these, and it's hard to find a really good one, but just like it's like a procedural where each case is just like its own thing. Right. You never get those anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I guess you do, the CSIs and stuff, but I just, I cannot watch those. I just don't think they're good. Right. Yeah, I... I like how it is, like, each episode. I think there's a couple that might be a two-parter, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just think they're good characters, and I like their relationship with each other. And mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm glad you like it. I do. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, I've been watching my FIs. I watched Gone with the Wind, so I made myself watch 12 Years a Slave. That was Oof. rough. 
Yeah. Oh, that was rough, Sue. I mean, I'm sure you can imagine, but I tried not to look away and I tried to like be present. Uh-huh. But No, I need I need to watch it. There were just times where I was just like sobbing just for a second cuz I just couldn't handle it anymore. It just it's so upsetting. But, you know, like Scout's eighth grade social studies teacher showed it to her, showed it to the class. Like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, if Scout can watch this, I can. I know that she's censored a couple things. Mm hmm. But I don't oh, know. good for her. Good for her. Well, heaven's sakes, we live in Charlotte. We live around, there's plantations right in Charlotte. And it's like, right. Scout watched 12 Years a Slave in a classroom full of where there's descendants of slaves and descendants right. of slave owners. I can't imagine watching it in a setting like that. That would be oh. crazy. But what an education. I'm glad she's got this right now. Yeah, yeah. She's She would not, none of that would happen in Utah. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. There's no way a socialist teacher, teacher would show it or think to show it. You know, or oh, just... and if they did, they would get in. Oh, it... <laughs> I know the yeah, the uproar. Well, they certainly didn't send something home for me to sign or anything that it'd be okay for her to watch it or any. And I, w- I would have signed it for sure, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, there, there's no way <laughs> <laughs> the school would have been burned to the ground. <laughs> oh, Utah. But yeah, that's about it. All right. Um, let's see. So I season two of the show In the Dark dropped on Netflix. I think I talked about this one before about the blind girl. Okay. I thought you were talking about I'll be gone in the dark. Yeah, yeah. No. (laughs) Okay. The blind girl, I remember that. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. The blind girl who is trying to solve a mystery. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's okay, a so, second season now. Yep, season two is out now, and I watched all of it, and really liked it. It's kind of a continuation of things that happened in season one, and it just it kind of ramps up. It's uh, they get caught up in like. Her and her friends who run this, you know, see an eye dog school, basically, or rescue society thing. Um, they get caught up with a couple of big, like, drug kings in Chicago. And it <laughs> it's just very... Uh, it's really frustrating to watch people, like, make really bad decisions that uh, just, I know. you know it's like there's almost a way out and then they do something stupid one of them does something stupid and it just lands them all back in the middle of it and I don't know but it's good it's a really good show I like it a lot the the characters are good and but yeah it's it can be a little like I don't know it just makes me kind of uncomfortable and queasy when it's like don't no don't do that don't (laughs) 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 just when you think they're gonna get out of it 
it just uh yeah Duh. so yeah it's kind of frustrating that way but it's meant to be you know i mean that's the you know just watching someone blind stresses me out yeah <laughs> that stresses yeah. me out <laughs> yeah there's some yeah and there's some pretty heavy heavy storylines and and stuff but it's it's a it's a good show i like it um I started watching a show on Amazon Prime called Upload. Have you heard of this? I think I've probably seen the like uh picture of it maybe. It sounds a little familiar, but I don't know, not really. Yeah, so yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. I think it's an Amazon Prime original. But it's it's uh, like a futuristic, it's not really sci-fi, it's more futuristic, so it's kind of like Vonnegut-y, you know, mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, and what happens is in this, in this future world, you can, you can pay while you're alive, you can pay to be uploaded when you die into like different heavens like there's really you know there's different levels like expensive ones and non-expensive ones so basically when you die you're uploaded into whatever heaven you bought into so is it <laughs> or, like a simulation life let's let's call it an afterlife is it um, a simulation no it's like they before you die right before you die they like plug you in and when you finally die, you end up in whatever afterlife you got plugged into. It, it's hard to explain. <laughs> well, I get it. I'm just saying, like, on the grand scale of things, is it, like, just something they've simulated for you? Like, you don't need to believe in, like, an afterlife or a god. It's just, like, yes, this yes. is what you get to do? Yes. Okay. Like you're in a video game? I don't know. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, kind of. And there's, like, a handler, so... Everyone, like this guy dies, and like this, his obnoxious girlfriend, who's really rich, purchased him like the nicest afterlife you can have. So he's in this really great place, but it also means that he's like stuck with her for eternity because when she <laughs> dies, she'll be there too. <laughs> and <laughs> he's got this handler who kind of guides him through this world and. You know, oh, what an interesting concept. That's funny. It's yeah, and it's pretty funny too. There's a lot of it's it's a comedy, and yeah, it's I'm about four episodes in, and I'm gonna keep watching because it's clever and it's funny, and it's I don't know I like it. It's good. The characters are good, so. But yeah, it totally reminds me of like something that like, I don't know, Vonnegut or Bradbury would have, or Philip Dick would have written, you know, kind of. Yeah. Not quite dystopian, but. Just no, kinda... not dystopian. You know. Interesting. And not really sci-fi, but kind of, kind of um, Black Mirror-ish yeah. type stuff. Yeah. You know. That could totally be an episode of Black Mirror. It could. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the, <clears throat> the last thing I have is um, on HBO Max. Thank you, Catherine, for signing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll be gone in the dark. The, the Michelle McNamara Golden State Killer story. Yeah, that's literally my next show when I'm done with Scott and Bailey. Okay, so you haven't watched any of it? Not even a second. Okay, okay. Um, I loved it so much as, as as soon as I finished the last episode, I started it all over again. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's... Uh, I thought it was done really well. It's really interesting. It's It's basically the story of... Michelle McNamara writing the book and it's amazing how much footage there is of her and phone calls and and voicemails that she leaves and was that one way she caught, kept track of stuff is to video it yeah hmm. she That's recorded cool. she recorded a lot um she does a lot of a lot of it's more like voice recordings mm-hmm. like she would I mean, so basically, for those who don't know, so Michelle McNamara was um, a true crime. She had a true crime blog called um, The True Crime Diary, where she just, she was, like, fascinated with cold cases. And she learned about, he used to be called the East Area Rapist, um, but he had... He in the seventies and eighties he raped over forty women and murdered twelve people and it was a cold case that she thought could be solved. Um and she ended up dubbing him the Golden State the Golden State Killer. She was Patton Oswalt's wife. And in Researching the book and writing the book about the Golden State Killer, she accidentally OD'd and died. And tragically, it's just so sad. She OD'd? I thought she had a brain aneurysm. No, it was oh. an accidental overdose of, like, she was so, it, it was kind of like the Heath Leather, Ledger story. She was so consumed with this research that she was doing and so disturbed by it because this Golden State Killer, let me tell you, what an evil, oh, evil man. person. Have it you is... seen the footage of him after his, they like showed some footage of him in jail after his uh, sentencing and he's just so creepy? I haven't. I was, Ugh. yeah. Because he just got sentenced like last week, right? Yeah, and then they released footage of him in his jail cell, and he's just like weird, just doing weird things. Like he was oh. totally faking the the wheelchair. Oh, of course he was. Oh, you know. it's really, yeah. really disturbing to watch. No, him. this man, he would break into people's houses. He would like target people. <clears throat> He would break into their houses sometimes months before he actually attacked and he would hide like rope and stuff under their couch. He would unlock windows so that, and he would like plan different escape routes. He, and 
when when he did attack, he started attacking couples, and he would make he would like barge into their bedroom and shine flashlights in their faces so that they couldn't just kind of blind him. He would make the wife tie up the husband, <clears throat> and then he would put like a stack of plates from the yeah, kitchen I on the that back. Detail. Ugh. So we could and tell he if would, he moved. Yeah, and he would tell the husband, "If you move." I will kill her. And he would drag the wife into the living room and rape her over and over again while the husband is in the bedroom listening and can't move. Cause he's got like a plates. Cause if, if he hears them, he's going to, you know, mm-hmm. just, Yuck. I mean, raping people and murdering people is bad enough, but man, he really just, yeah. Ugh. What just did some horrible, just torturous. I mean, so anyway, Michelle was so disturbed, you know, that she had to take like Xanax to be awake and she had to take Ambien to fall asleep. And it was just a, a combination of just an accidental overdose. Oh, that's sad. For it's some reason, so I thought sad. she just had a spontaneous brain aneurysm. Mm-mm. No, and oh, it's so sad. That's even Pat- sadder. Yeah. Patton's in it a lot, you know. Yeah talking about it and it's yeah one of the final things that he says about it is you know I have to live with the fact that I let her take all those pills and he's like it just never occurred to me that it was going to do that to you know he's like so I've got that to live with the rest of my life you know Uh, I know it's anyway what's really tragic is that not long after she died they caught yeah, I know, but... she missed it. <laughs> I know. It's, it's Joseph D'Angelo. And, like, she was so good at her research and so that, like, even the detectives that were on the case, like, worked with her, you know. Paul Holes. And, <laughs> Paul Holes, yep. She, um, <clears throat> she's the one that it shows her, and she... She's on film saying, I really think if they go through the DNA websites, they're going to be able to find this guy. And that's how they found him. Mm-hmm. They went to the like genealogy websites and they had some DNA from one of the crimes and they uploaded it and it matched someone who had uploaded theirs and they did a family tree and they were like, okay, this relative lived in Sacramento during that time. And then he lived in, you know, Rancho Cordova and then he lived here. It's gotta be him. And they sat outside his house and I think he threw away a Coke can or something and they grabbed it out of his garbage and it was a a match. I mean, they finally, he was a cop, right? He was a cop at one point, but not Uh, for long. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I kind of had the idea that he was just a cop, and it was like, ugh. <laughs> they they suspected he was a cop yeah. from the beginning, almost just because of his things he knew what to do, right? Yeah, like, things like, he worried about on the crime scenes. Yeah, because you know when a crime like that happens, the the police will cordon off a certain area around the house, like a certain number of blocks, maybe, and he always knew to park outside of that you know mm-hmm. like because yeah if someone called 911 immediately after the attack 
if the cops get there quickly, he might get caught because he's in the radius that they're trying to cordon off, you know. Mm -hmm. And so he just knew, yeah, he just knew like little tactics that made him believe he might be a cop. He ended up getting fired from being a cop because he got caught shoplifting like rope and dog repellent and interesting. And he was known to use dog repellent on dogs. Like if the neighbor had a dog. There's such a thing as dog repellent. I guess so. I did not know this. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I mean, does that mean shark re Batman shark repellent is a thing too? <laughs> But yeah, just such a horrible man. And it, the, the I'll Be Gone in the Dark is just, it's really good. I think it's six episodes. And you meet a lot of the people involved. Um, a lot of the detectives that were originally on the case from 30 years ago up to, or 35 years ago, however long, 40 years now. Gosh, I'm old. Um, it's it's really good and i just started reading the book i'll be gone in the dark i'm about 90 pages in and it's freaking terrifying <laughs> oh i listened to the audiobook did you yeah when it first came out so it's been a little while yeah but it was good yeah i'm i i recommend it it's just a tragic I don't know. It's just an interesting journey that she took mm -hmm. and then just ended so sadly. And, you know, yeah, he's, you know, you can call her his final victim, you know, really. Mm. Yeah. If you want to be kind of dramatic about it, but it's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> he did kill her. <laughs> yeah. But it's also a story of man, if, If you see your loved one going down a dark path and they can't sleep at night, have them stop doing what they're doing for a while. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, don't don't let them stay up all night researching awful things and you know, I mean, I'm not it's just so sad that that's what happened to her. Yeah. Just ugh. She's a good writer too. Yeah, we we need balance. You do. You need balance. If you see yourself going down a dark path, and if you need Xanax to wake up, and you need Ambien to go to sleep, maybe look at um, what you're doing and take a little break from it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> watch some Korean sad. dramas. Watch some Korean dramas. Watch Upload. Watch... Um, Dirk Gently. <laughs> Dirk Gently, yes. I'm going <laughs> to... <laughs> So, anywho. Cool. I'm excited to start it. I need to start it. I just thought I would watch Scott and Bailey first. Yeah. There's one of the final scenes of the final episode is just, it's so great. It's so heartwarming and sad and just brought tears to my eyes and it's it's pretty cool. It's a it's a garden party with some people. Hmm. Yeah, that's all I'll say. Hmm. Well, I I do know someone that shows up in it. 
Paul Holes. <laughs> no, Karen Kilgareth. Isn't she interviewed or something? Oh, yeah, yeah. Karen Gil... Yeah. She's not in the garden party, oh, though. Okay. But she, she's got a couple, like, you know, talking head things. Is Paul Holes at the garden party? <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> Is <laughs> the Swiss cheese guy... <laughs> I guess it's not that big of a spoiler because you kind of see it coming because it's like 20 of the victims. Oh, wow. Yeah. They've become like this little sisterhood. And it's just amazing. That's cool. It's really quite amazing. These women are amazing. And how they've become really good friends and support each other because they have been through the same thing you right know? so the people he killed were they like accident or did he just some days feel like killing or did someone just have to be killed because reasons he just he just he moved from i guess rape wasn't good enough okay so later it, stuff they he raped later, and killed. yeah the murders i think yeah i think there's a little overlap between the two but i think he started murdering after most of the rapes were done because i think he just needed to be even worse than he was well yeah those things these things escalate yep these fantasies and, and all of that yeah it's it's really good there's an episode that has some of his relatives in it it's it's really that'd pretty. be tough <laughs> Yeah, it's tough on them. It's really sad, you know. Yeah. Because he wasn't a monster to them, you know. Yeah. Oh, so, can't imagine. Oh, can you imagine? No. You know, an uncle that you grew up with that you loved, like being the Golden State Killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I. <laughs> I'd be freaked out by like a minor charge, but yeah. oh, just yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad he was caught. Yeah. Oh, and Patton, Patton just does the best. He just hates that man so much because <laughs> that man killed his wife. He's yeah. like, fuck you, Golden Ticklery. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. He just, yeah. So anyway, that's on HBO Max. Cool. I'm on it. You watch it. I will. So, all right. Well, is that it? That is it. Looks like we got we got done before Ray. What's his name? Ron. Before Ron comes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he'll probably be here. Eh, half an hour, forty-five minutes. So, cool. Get ready for him then, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll start chopping onions and stuff. All right. <laughs> oh. Well, that was fun. I should be able to get this one out faster, although I guess it'll be after Scout goes to bed because she's pretty much on the freaking computer all day. <laughs> These, I swear, online class goes from 8 until 2.15, and then she is doing homework until like 8. Oh, jeez. This is just not good. <laughs> no. No. And then she wants to play on the computer with her friends. Right. Let's just say she's had a few headaches this week. And I'm like, this is not going to work for long. (laughs) I mean, it's not like I want my kids in school right now. 
Right. Are they, is that even an option? No, not here. I. The Utah schools are doing like half and half. It seems like. Yeah, some are. I don't think all are. I think. And I think some of them are totally leaving it up to the parents. Like if you want your kid home 100%, you can do that. Yeah. Two days a week or yeah. Yeah, we we signed up for the option that they'll go back to uh, some sort of schedule when they deem it safe. There are, mm-hmm. but there was an option that you're just starting out this school year on this online program and you'll stay there. Mm. And we're on the one that will go back when they when they deem nice. it safe, which will probably yeah. be a staggered schedule. Right. Right. That's yeah, that's what's happening here. It'll be interesting because our our schools started opening up last week and we'll see where Cam and I were like, well, we'll see in two weeks. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Georgia wasn't really promising. <laughs> oh, God. yeah. No, <laughs> those pictures <laughs> were terrifying. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. I no, our, most of our news coverage has been about back to school. That's like been 90% of what our morning news has been about. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of classrooms and a lot of hallways and they're doing a lot better. <laughs> That's good. Yep. But so. what's annoying is when we do good, people think it's fake. I know. I know. I, I get really annoyed by the people that are like, look at this. Look what is happening the ERs aren't full and stuff. And I'm like, listen, how many things are like, you sit here and tell me how much is different and how little people are mingling, even right right now where we're only kind of restricted. I mean, since we moved here, Scout and Eleanor were having colds every couple of weeks mm-hmm. because we were in a new environment with new bugs and they right. were sick all the time. And we have not had one cold. It's like, we are distancing yep. and a lot of the country is still distancing and so many restrictions in place are making it so things do look a little better. And so stop calling it fake. Stop. Stop saying it's just like the flu. We're handling it okay. Not great. Right. The only reason we're handling it a little bit is because, man, our lives have changed and we're not mingling like we used to. Right, right. And I'm, I'm a believer in the mask. Sorry, non-maskers. <laughs> but like in Utah, we were doing pretty good. Our cases were right around, you know, four and 500 a day. And then it's like Memorial Day weekend happened. And boom, two weeks later, we were up every day. It was like 800, 900, 800, 900, you know. Hmm. And then they did the mask mandate in Salt Lake County. And then... About two weeks later, a bunch of the retail stores like Smith's, Walmart, Walgreens, up there was like 20 of them, Target, requiring masks. Mm-hmm. And that started like, I think it was like July 17th or something was the day that they all were going to require masks of everyone that came in through their door. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened like two weeks after that day, like almost exactly two weeks. <laughs> Our Case cases fell in half. We're now on the 300 a day. I, you know. I am sorry, but there is just too much that supports they work. <laughs> I mean, it's like our cases almost went down by two thirds, you know. 
Yeah, and half of the reason I can't be on Facebook is just so many people I know that are like, well, my friend, they post this big thing. My friend is a nurse, and she says that they're not getting COVID cases. They're getting, like, staph infections because of dirty masks. And so it's like, listen, <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> people can say anything on the internet, first of all. Second of all, why are you mad about wear, having to wear masks if this is the problem? Why aren't you mad that, like, education about properly caring for a mask and washing them and all of that? Why aren't you trying to push education on how to wear a mask properly? No, it's just no masks because masks are doing more harm than good. It's, it's killing me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what's driving me to Korean dramas. <laughs> I don't. I know. That's what. Like, I just can't with Facebook. <laughs> How can you not be charmed by a culture that bows to each other? That alone, to me, is everything. Can you That's imagine <laughs> bowing to each other? Just out of habit, just all the time. It's an amazing thing. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. No, I I agree. It is. It's no, I can't imagine it here. <laughs> <laughs> That's as fantasy as the the goblin. <laughs> uh, uh, I just, I, I don't know. American cultures got me down right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. I better go. Yeah. Have fun canning. So, thanks. Um, yeah. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Oh, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. I guess we should end the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah until next time <laughs> chill your own ass bye bye we have had record breaking heat in august we had a week in august where five out of the seven days heat like hit record breaking heat we had a day in the middle of august that was 105 Wow, August. Oh, that's so awful. Yeah. I mean, not only did we, like, break the record, but we broke it by, like, four degrees, five degrees, you know? And, like, the the record was set in, like, 1961, you know? So. Wow. I am happy to be where I'm at. We got our first rain on Tuesday after like 40 something days of no (laughs) (laughs) it's just been crazy (laughs) oh man yeah yeah we we get a lot of overnight rain too so we wake up and everything's all rainy oh man i'm jealous yeah although this house i don't know if it's this house or the extra humidity there's mosquitoes just like hanging out at the doorways and we like every time you open the door they're like Ew. So what is that? Is that Simone? That is Simone pacing because Scout <laughs> riled her up. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It's crazy. And then I forgot what to do.
<laughs> well, you're going to have to keep her with you because she is too loud. Sounds like those tap dancing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Simone, what do you need? Can you see what she needs? She just did the big finish. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it sounded like someone tapped dancing. <laughs> yeah, she... Those claws in this hardwood. Oh. So. You guys have got to go, honey. You're looking for sugar? We do. Come here. Okay. Am I going to worry what she needs sugar for? No. <laughs> <laughs> Simone, you gotta go. Go take a nap. No. Go. Bye. Go see Scout. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Out. <laughs> now it's a game. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> There was once a time where my kids went to school. <laughs> yep. Yep. It was it was amazing. I don't even remember what that was like when we all did stuff. <laughs> I know, right? Those Those were the days.